0: Hey, what's up? Hello. We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. It is about 11 p.m. on Thursday, April 20th. Just finished watching a big abs victory over Seattle, sweating there for about a period and a half, but they turned it on in a hurry. Anyways, I was waiting to record the pod this evening because I wanted to see if the recruiting news that I heard about today was going to become public. I know that some fans get frustrated with me for not breaking that news as soon as I find out the information. But I just strongly believe that these college students should have the right to announce their own life decisions, even if those decisions are of high interest to the, the fan base. I get that. We all want to, to know right away. I understand that it stinks when you see all the teasing tweets and you just want the info now. But I promise you that this one will be worth the wait. Ram fans are going to be stoked when this all becomes public can't give away too much, but I will say those that have been listening to the podcast regularly will not be surprised by this situation. That's a hint if you're not paying attention. But I'll have a podcast breaking down that when it all becomes public, hopefully tomorrow. If not, then I'd honestly prefer that it drops on Sunday and does not happen during the spring game. But whenever that happens, we'll be getting out a pod to talk about it. On this podcast, we're going to briefly talk about David Roddy doing his thing for the Grizzlies. We're going to talk about TBT and Team Ram Up, specifically the CSU alumni that will be competing in the event this summer. Ram's putting together quite the squad. And then after that, I'm going to get into the seven things that I will be looking for in Saturday's spring game. Kind of crazy. The spring ball is already about over, but that just means we're that much closer to the regular season. Before we get into everything, take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements, and what that means is if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they will have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact. From building outdoor play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. Again, there's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated 5 stars by over 250,000 people. I also want to tell you guys about Fubo TV, which has over 140 channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device. And it's currently the best way to watch the most Colorado sports for the lowest price. You can start watching immediately with a 7-day free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. It comes with 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. Watch your local teams even while you're traveling. It's just the best. Watch the Nuggets and Abs playoff runs on Altitude and ABC with Fubo. Just go to fubotv.com slash dnvr to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Cool, cool, cool. Not going to spend a ton of time on these segments because I know you guys are more intrigued by the spring game. But I did want to talk about David Roddy, who... Just continues to make us all so proud. After the Grizzlies had lost game one, going into game two, nobody's giving Memphis a chance, especially not without, or especially without, I should say, John ja Morant, who injured his wrist in game one on just a really crappy, really crappy play by Anthony Davis. I know he's trying to draw the charge, but that's the stuff they've got to eliminate in basketball, just sliding over under a guy who's in midair. And putting him at great, great risk, it's trash. It's not the spirit of the charge rule, and it's not good defense. They've got to stop rewarding it. Sorry, minor tangent. Tell us how you really feel, Justin, I know. But with the Grizzlies missing John Morant and nobody giving them a chance in the game, they were actually able to beat the Lakers in Game 2, 103-93, and Roddy's role was significantly elevated. He only played eight and a half minutes in game one, played 21 in game two. The Grizzlies were plus 10 with him on the floor, which is really encouraging and probably a big reason why they had him in in the crunch time while they're trying to close out that victory. But I just think it's so cool to see him out here in the playoffs playing a substantial role on a team that's you know viewed as a contender. I I know they're probably not going to win the title this year, but a team that's been really good. They were the two seed and to see him on this stage playing when the lights are brightest against LeBron James of all people. That's really special. And I hope that's not lost on Ram fans. I know that we all wish that he could have been a part of this, this run last year and the season probably would have been a lot different if he came back, but clearly he made the right decision for him and his growth this season has been significant. I just think it's great that Taylor Jenkins has allowed him to be a rookie and to have the tough moments and not throw in the towel if he has a bad night or two because it wasn't always perfect and it was never going to be in his rookie season. But there was definitely a month, maybe even five weeks there in December-ish where I was getting kind of worried that they were just going to cut David out of the rotation because he was struggling to knock down shots. It's always an adjustment period defensively going from the college game to the NBA, so that was a bit of a learning curve as well. But as the year went on, He got more and more comfortable out there. He started making more plays. And he really became one of the more impactful guys in their rotation. It's not always stat stuffing, but he just consistently demonstrates a high basketball IQ. He does the right things. And he's shown that if he gets an open shot, he can knock it down. If you give him a driving lane, he's going to take it. And if you give him a little too much space, he might just throw it down on top of your head. I don't know. I guess I'm just a little surprised that he is playing this well in his rookie year. Not because I didn't believe in him, because that was certainly not the case, but really more just because a lot of NBA coaches don't trust rookies at this stage of the season, especially not in crunch time. So I just think it's been really cool. I think it's been really special to watch him on this stage going up against LeBron. And I know that things can change quickly in the NBA. It's always going to be one of those situations where teams view it as, what have you done for me lately? But I think with what David has shown already in year one, he's earned himself some job security in the NBA. But, yeah, shout-out to David. Can't wait to see how the rest of this playoff run goes. Let's move on. Let's talk some TBT in the squad that Ram Up is putting together under head coach Derek Stevens. Going to have him on the pod next week, by the way, so keep your eyes out for that. But as I said earlier they're getting a squad together this year, and that's exciting. I don't mean any disrespect to the the group of guys that participated last year. They, they were able to get a couple of Ram legends. But just due to the timing of it all, there were a couple of guys that weren't able to participate. Nico Carvacho was obviously coming off of his ACL tear. He'll be repping Team Ram up this year. He was the first player that they announced. Uh, Greg Smith, the most recent announcement as well, former power forward, a guy that has previously participated With the Omaha-centered team, Um, that's where he's from, usually guys will participate with their official alumni team. However, if there isn't one, then they might end up on their hometown team or just a team that they have some connections with. For instance, there were guys on Team Ram Up last year that were not CSU alum. They were just connected to Derek Stevens or these players. But to get Greg Smith on Team Ram Up this year is huge. He has plenty of experience, has been in this event multiple times, at least three, I think, maybe more like four or five at this point. But he's a guy that gives you a presence defensively. He can guard along the perimeter. can also you know, go down low and, and bang with some of the bigger guys. He can stretch the floor. He can throw down monster dunks. It's always just so valuable to have an athletic forward like him, especially when you've got legitimate centers like they do this year. I already mentioned Nico Carvacho, really excited to see him play. Also excited to get Colton Iverson on the team. Another guy that you would have loved to have seen on the roster last year if you were pulling CSU fans. Hey, you know, who are the former CSU guys you'd love to see representing the Rams in ram up? I think Iverson would be on the short list every single time. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for him in the NBA, but has had a really nice professional career overseas. It's going to be exciting to see him back in the green and gold or orange and green, I guess, pumpkin and alfalfa if you want to get real technical. But that's what this event is all about. It's bringing multiple generations of players together. This is the type of stuff you do on video games, on like NBA 2K. Hey, I'm going to create a roster that has Gian Clovell at guard and David Roddy at forward and Colton Iverson at center. And obviously, you don't have the NBA guys, and you're never going to be able to get everybody just due to timing. Sometimes it doesn't work out based on what other basketball they're playing, injuries, et cetera. But I'm really looking forward to seeing different generations of CSU Hoopers all playing on this team. It's kind of a, a cool way to think back to those different runs, whether it was under Tim Miles with Colton Iverson or some of the stuff they accomplished under Larry with Gian and Stan Kidd, Emmanuel Amagbo, He'll be back on the team as well. They have not announced him yet, but he'll be back. I just think the concept of it is really cool, and I think it's a neat way for younger fans to learn about older generations that they didn't necessarily get to watch in person. And I think the format is just really good. It's just long enough. It, It doesn't drag on all summer, but it gives you another option for sports entertainment, which especially if you're in Colorado with how terrible the Rockies are, that's much appreciated. The cash prize makes the stakes high enough that the guys play hard. So the competitive level is good. It's not like watching an NBA all-star game or an exhibition or something like that. They're really going for it. And it's just fun to see, you know, your school represented in in some way. I think we're all competitive as alumni. We want the best for CSU. And even if it's a situation like this where the stakes aren't incredibly high, we want the Rams to do well. We want them to show out and do better than the CU team, the New Mexico team. It's about pride. And so I just think it's really cool to see all of these different alumni coming together wanting to represent CSU. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to watching those games. Might even try and get out there in person if it can work out. But make sure you keep your eyes open because, again, we'll have head coach Derek Stevens on the RAM Pod next week. Looking forward to catching up with him, picking his brain on all this. All right, we're going to move on. We're going to preview the spring game. I'm going to talk about the seven things that I am looking for on Saturday. When you get hurt, though, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. There's no upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus & Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus & Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus & Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fall, car accident, motorcycle, ride chair, pedestrian trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus & Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus & Shanker wins. Finally, y'all know that we love our Breckenridge beers over at DNVR, and it's because Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having some ice-cold Breck Brew on deck. And it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. They've been doing it for 32 years. They make it with 100% renewable energy, which is awesome. And I just love the endless variety that Breckenridge offers. They recently came out with a summer shandy that is to die for. Can't go wrong with the classic Avalanche Amber Ale. I'm a big Mountain Beach Sour fan. Whatever you fancy, go to Breckbrew.com and check out the Breck Beer locator to find a Breck Brew near you. All right, so CSU football will wrap up the spring period on Saturday. We've got the spring game at Canvas Stadium kickoff at 1 p.m. That is open to the public, and hopefully it's not too cold, so it'll be a nice little day for Ram fans to take in some sweet spring football. I made a little list of just seven things that I am kind of looking for on Saturday. I'll just kind of go down it, um, starting with... The offensive line, how do they perform against the defense? I would say that so far, it's been a really encouraging spring for the unit. They've been able to establish some consistency with the ones, and even though the the five guys that have been playing most consistently throughout the spring aren't necessarily locked in to be the, the starting five this fall, the fact that in each of the last two scrimmages and in some of the live contact situations, the offense has been able to execute whether that's protecting the quarterback or running the football, even in spite of the, the just terrible depth they have at running back right now. They don't have any active scholarship backs. That's a testament to Savion Henderson and Jacob Gardner and Drew Moss and Tavis Teody and Oliver Jervis for getting it done. I've been pretty consistent when talking about spring ball with both the, the good and the bad, that you essentially have to take all results with a grain of salt But I mean, when you look at how consistently the offensive line struggled against the defensive line last year, the fact that this year it's been a completely different story with a defensive line that's as good as last year, probably even deeper if you go top to bottom, that's really encouraging. I just want to see these guys end on a high note. So that's probably the biggest thing that I'm looking for. How does this offensive line, especially the ones fair, how does the offense look? Is Clay Millen consistently under pressure? Does he have time? Are they able to get the, pa- the passing offense going? Excuse me. And then when they do try and run the football, are they able to get any traction? It's obviously tough when you don't have any scholarship backs. That really puts a lot of pressure on the O-line. Last week, though, I thought it was, it was again, you know, encouraging the way they were able to run the football, even with no scholarship backs. I do imagine we'll see some screens, just some quick passes that essentially work as an extension of the run game. But how the offensive line is able to hold up against this really deep defensive line, that's going to be the the biggest thing I'm looking for. Another thing that I'll really have my eye on is how do the walk-ons perform? Running back Van Shield, who's actually a converted defensive back, has really you know kind of turned some heads just with his effort. He was a guy that the coaches liked for how hard he worked on special teams before. And I think that's probably why he came to mind when it was or when it came time to convert somebody to running back. But he is a guy, I think, if he has a a good spring game, could really be in a good position going into fall camp and probably a spot that he wouldn't have been in otherwise. You know, just last week, Jay Norvell said of Van Shield, he's a guy we could probably use in the fall. So I'm interested to see how he closes out the spring Wide receiver Dawson uh, Minagati is another walk-on that I'll have my eye on. He had a couple of touchdowns last weekend. Kevin Lytle's been pretty high on him having a good spring. So I'll be looking to see if he can end on a high note, keeping it at the skill position. I'm not really sure how active Torrey Horton is going to be. He's been non-contact throughout spring, which makes total sense. Why risk him? Mo Kamara was non-contact or limited. He warmed up. I don't think he participated. Once the the scrimmage started last weekend, I don't know if we'll have him at edge this weekend either. It's just kind of one of those situations like, why would you risk them? You know, they're going to be fine. That said, it presents an opportunity for some other guys to step up. We've seen Justice Ross Simmons make some huge plays. He was the star of the show last weekend. Dallin Holker has been really great at tight end. I'm curious how those guys perform. I want to see if somebody else can stand out, though. The coach has talked a lot about consistency being key, especially for these sophomores, Lewis Brown, Mackay Fox, Justice Ross Simmons, uh, Jordan Williams. Then you've got even some older guys like Damir Abdullah. Can any of those dudes make a name for themselves on Saturday and and find a way to stand out? Because it can't just be all Tory. It can't even just be all Tory and Justice. Like they are going to need to be able to go five, six, seven deep this season and have all of these guys producing if they want the offense to click and they want to score way more than they did last year, which obviously is going to be the goal. I personally think the talent is there. I think last year was just such a perfect storm with having so many veterans that you invested all spring and fall camp in, leave in the middle of the season and then having to depend on freshmen that really were not physically or you know mentally, emotionally ready for the moment. It was a really tough spot particularly when you have injuries at the quarterback position and throughout your offensive line and you have zero continuity. Like I'm not being dramatic in saying it wouldn't have been unrealistic to go 0-12 last year with everything that went wrong and the fact that they were actually able to get more competitive as the season went on despite only having scholarship totals in the mid low to mid-50s. So I just think going into year two with a lot of these guys back now more comfortable in their system and the role with the depth being better there's going to be an opportunity to be significantly better, particularly on the offensive end. We all know the defense stepped up last year, and and they're going to be really good. But I think offensively, you have a chance to be light years better. It's just all going to come down to the offensive line and finding some consistency from some of these guys that are not Torrey Horton. Staying with the offense, Clay Millen clearly quarterback one at this point. I am curious if anybody can definitively put themselves as QB two going into the summer. It's been Jackson Stratton pretty consistently throughout the spring. Last year, we saw him. We saw Brayden Fowler, Nicolosi, and we saw Giles Pooler, but it'll be interesting to see if Jackson can kind of cement himself as that number two quarterback, at least going into the summer, things can change by the time fall camp rolls around. But if it is Jackson Stratton, that is the, the number two and he plays well, I do think that'll be pretty telling going into the summer, and that'll give us a a pretty good idea of kind of where this staff has these quarterback rankings laid out as of now. Keeping things moving, switching over to the defensive line. I already mentioned this earlier, but it wouldn't shock me if Mo Kamara is limited or doesn't participate. There's really no reason to risk him, in my opinion. But can some of these other young guys stand out? Because the depth you have is absurd. I really think there are 10 plus individuals that could be impactful in your defensive line rotation this year. But I'm hearing a lot of really good things about the young guys, especially Kennedy McDowell. True freshman is a guy who's been consistently hyped up. We're hearing good things about uh, Nuer Gatqua. Still not 100% sure that I'm pronouncing either of his names right, but I, I believe I am. Hope I am. He's a guy who they believe has a really high ceiling. DeAndre Gill. I mean... They have signed a lot of really athletic individuals these last couple of signing classes and you know I'm often pretty critical of the Adasio tenure but some of those guys that they brought in are are really good as well and I would say that by far that is the deepest position group for this team is is defensive line. Another group that I think will be interesting to monitor is the secondary. You feel really good about what you have with Jack Howell, Henry Blackburn, Aiden Hector, and Anusium, who will not be participating in the spring game, but will be fine come August. But who else can make an impact at corner? Last week, Dominic Morris, the Furman transfer, had a pick six. Um, Ron Harge from Oregon State is a guy that's had a pretty good spring. We've heard some good things about Grayson. I I think Langston Williams has a bright future, another guy that had an interception last week. He's a little bit undersized, but just a freak athlete. You know, with the talent they have in the trenches, the experience that they have in the secondary at at safety, and what I think will be a pretty talented linebacker class, I think this CSU defense can be really good. I I don't want to get too dramatic with what I'm predicting, but I think they have a potential to be one of the the best defenses of this generation for CSU. But if they are going to live up to it, they are going to need some of these transfer corners to really step up. And I've, I've heard a lot of good things and I've seen some good stuff, but this is going to be a really big test for them in a live game situation. It's not easy to play under Freddie Banks, especially as a defensive back. He's a really demanding defensive coordinator, really intense coach. But he's also freaking brilliant, and I think the pressure that he applies can turn coal into diamonds, and so I'm just really looking forward to seeing what he can get out of this secondary, which I think is going to have a lot of experience and a lot of athleticism, much more so than what we're used to seeing from CSU. And if, if these transfers that they brought in can even just be average, I think this defense can be really, really good. All right, the seventh thing that I am looking for in the spring game on Saturday is just how did the special teams perform? I wouldn't say that special teams were a strength for CSU last year. It was a really tough spot for Patty Turner, just being honest, having to follow up Brian Stonehouse, or having to follow up Stonehouse and Hayden Hunt, if we're being honest. I had to feel a lot like being Bubby Brister, or Brian Greasy, and trying to follow up Elway or something. But they need Turner to be better. Just point blank period. I thought he improved as the season went on. But they need him to be more impactful in terms of flipping the field. It's not going to be the same stuff we saw at Stonehouse. The big booming punts. A lot of it is designed to just eliminate the, the potential of a return. And I get that. But I'll be curious to see how he does. The staff has a lot of confidence in him. You know, it wouldn't shock me at all if he had a really solid sophomore year. Kicker... Kind of a concern for CSU right now, if, if we're being real. I don't want to take any shots at anyone, but just based on what I'm hearing and based on the, the limited kicking that I've seen so far this spring, I'm not so sure that the kicker is currently on the roster. I'll be the first to admit I'm no expert when it comes to specialists or anything like that, but just from what I've seen, they don't have a guy that can make a 45-yard field goal And at the D1 level. I mean, you got to be able to do that. So, yeah, seven things I'll be keeping my eyes on in the spring game. I'm really looking forward to it. I can't believe spring ball is already over. Uh, We'll make it a little easier to enjoy some of the playoffs, but I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you to all of you for continually supporting the content. Again, we'll have more Hoops recruiting news as soon as that is available, or public, I should say. I will have football recruiting news throughout the spring as well. Really looking forward to diving into all of that. But, uh, yeah, hope everybody's enjoying their week. Much love, y'all. Peace.